welcome to episode number 68 of Quality Christian Living. I am your host, David Friend. As you're aware, our podcasts are entitled Quality Christian Living. The reason we call it that is because we're going to be taking a lot of topics over the next months, years, or as long as we decide that the Lord wants us to pursue these podcasts. And we're going to be talking about subjects about finances, prosperity, generosity. We're going to talk about faith. We're going to talk about healing and miracles, family and business, and just a host of things the Lord has placed upon my heart. So I hope that you plan to join us from week to week because we're going to focus on things that will bless your life and give you a quality Christian life. Now today, we're continuing our series in the area of finances and especially in the area of prosperity. So I've entitled today's podcast, Radical Giving Brings Prosperity. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the opportunity that I have to bring this message at this time to those who are listening. Thank you once again for this opportunity. Thank you, Lord, for those, Father, who tune in every single week, Lord, as we bring two podcasts a week. And I'm so blessed to have been told this last week that we're averaging over 4,000 podcast downloads every single week. And I thank the Lord for that. And I give him all praise and all glory for he is the only one worthy praise and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's get into today's podcast. I believe a lot of folks get confused when they hear the word prosperity. I believe others get confused when they hear about radical giving or radical anything in life. But I truly believe in the expression, radical giving brings radical receiving. And so I believe in it so much that I wrote a book on it. I wrote a book entitled Generosity, What's in it for me? And it's designed to get people to understand that as we're generous, God will bless us. He will pour out a blessing, the Bible says, that we won't even be able to handle. He wants to bless his people, and he wants us to bless others. So when it comes to radical giving, I'm going to give you some examples as I go through this little lesson today. And I pray these lessons of people's lives and people who've actually experienced what I call radical giving and how they've been blessed radically in their life through many areas, not only in the area of their finances. So let me just ask you a question. What do you think when you read the title of today's podcast, when you listen to it or heard it and you think about this podcast, what's going through your mind? I believe that most people wonder what radical giving really means. They may be wondering... Does that mean you have to give everything that you have away and live out on the street? No, it doesn't mean that at all. But it does mean that we have to be willing to be free to allow God to impress us as to who we should help and how we should help each other people or individuals and how much. And if we don't have the finances to help them, then in what other way can we then bless them and be radical in our giving of what we have, who we are, of our talents, and just wait and see what God's going to do with that. Now, I believe that most wonder what radical giving, what does it encompass? Well, not everyone understands what radical giving is, but everyone would welcome the results of this type of giving. The word's extreme, extravagant. That's what I believe we should attach to our giving. And then you wait and see that we'll see extreme and extravagant attached to our receiving. Now, don't get too excited. I'm not going to tell you that if you give $5 to your church, that somehow there's going to be a check coming in the mail for a million dollars, and you're going to be overwhelmed with all this great wealth you're going to have. I also don't want people to think that just because we 
give financially that we're always going to get back financially because that's not necessarily how it works because a lot of folks who give of what they have and what time they have don't receive a financial gift back in return but they do receive what I call radical receiving. Now let's just see if I can kind of clear this up a little bit because I'm sure I've confused a lot of people at this point. Now if I was to ask you who do you think is someone you might consider as being a radical giver? I believe there many out there would say they would think that Mother Teresa or those who give their time in ministry or missionaries that go across the world and go to places like Africa and New Guinea and places that are desperate to hear the gospel preached. And I would agree with you that those people are radical givers. Now, in both of these cases, or in all the cases I'm talking about, when we think of radical giving, the following other individuals come to mind. In my heart, I think of my pastor. I think of Pastor Tommy Barnett. He's the pastor of the Dream City Church and the co-founder of the Dream City Churches and co-founder of Dream Centers around the world and a very dear friend of mine and one who taught me the significance of giving. I can remember one time when we were raising money in our church and Pastor Barnett came to me and said, I think I'm going to give my entire retirement fund to the church because this building program needs someone to step in and make a full commitment to it. And he said, and I think God wants me to do that. So he talked to his family and they prayed about it. And I'm not telling you something that's personal or private or behind closed doors. He said this openly to people and it's been written in books about him and other people have given this same testimony. But when it comes to giving and being a radical giver, my dear friend, Pastor Tommy Barnett would have to be at just about at the top of those people who give. I know another individual who gave up his business. He was a successful insurance broker in Scottsdale, Arizona. We became good friends, not only socially, but also business-wise. And one day he came to me and he says, I'm supposed to close down my business and I believe the Lord wants me to give 100% of my time to other people and teaching them and helping them to understand to have a right relationship with God and then teach businessmen how to set their businesses up right. And he left the country, the United States of America, and went to places like Guatemala and Honduras and those places and would teach people and help people and witness about Jesus Christ. And I believe there's another man who would come up very high on the chart of what I call radical giving. There's a woman who attended our church for years and she has given 20 years of her life reaching out to men and women in prison. Now, once again, here's another example of radical giving. You see, I'm giving you examples of not only financial giving, but also giving of our time and talents. Radical givers, I believe, are those who work 40 to 50 hours a week in their job, in their career, and then they go to church and they volunteer to work in the church, in the ministry of the nursery or an usher or a greeter at the door, or they give their time to work in the sound booth of the music department or whatever it takes. These are people, I believe, who are radical givers. Now, those of you who've always given your time and money radically to the work of the Lord should be included in those who are radical givers. The Apostle Paul gives us some teaching on this, so let me give you some scripture. He talks to us today, we can read about that today, where he says, here's how we can become a radical giver. Now, he doesn't say it that way, but that's how I interpret this. Listen to this scripture. It's found in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 7 in the New Living Translation. And here's what the Apostle Paul wrote. However, he has given each one of us a special gift 
through the generosity of Christ. He's given the example, church, of radical giving, the kind of giving that God gave to us when he gave his son. Now think about radical giving and thinking about God the Father, the creator of all the universe, the creator of heaven and earth, the creator of everything that we are, even ourselves. He created us in his own image. And I can't think of a more radical giving example than our dear heavenly father who gave his son to earth to take on the sins of the world. He allowed his son to go be tortured, to be beaten, and literally Jesus died on that cross, gave up his life so that God could show, quite frankly, the radical love that he has for us and his radical generosity in giving. Now, Jesus demonstrated the gift of giving in so many ways. He gives us many gifts, but one of the greatest gifts we can receive from his teachings is for us to be a generous giver to others. You see, let me give you an example. There's there's a personal reference I'm really struggling with, whether I should give this to you or not. I believe the Holy Spirit is telling me, is impressing me to give this story, but in my natural state, I sometimes think I don't want to say something that people think that I'm boasting or bragging, but I really believe that I should give you this example of what what I believe is is an example of radical giving that happened in my own life. You see, my wife and I started a church in Scottsdale. And when we did, we gave up our business. We had a wonderful business. It was very successful. We got to travel in many, many places all over the world. We got to take most of the summers off and would work very hard through the year. At the same time, we would teach Sunday school and be sure that we were always tithers of 10 or 20% of our income to the church, witness and lead people to Jesus. And those are things that we did. I'm not saying that to boast. I'm only saying it because God impressed me that if I wanted my business to be blessed, then I got to be a blessing to him and to the church. So we then left all that and went to start a church and basically started working at the church for nothing, zero. I had some money saved up and so my wife and I decided we'd be just fine for a couple years. So we started without worrying about income and we sold our home and sold our cars and basically downsized our home, downsized the type of cars that we drove, stopped vacations and we're blessed to go into full-time ministry. And I didn't feel like we were sacrificing anything or really giving up anything because it was such a blessing to be called into ministry, to be able to go and start a church in a new city and have that opportunity when Pastor Tommy Barnett came to me and said, I want you to start a church in Scottsdale. I believe you're the man and your wife is the person, the lady for the job. And so we want you to go to Scottsdale and and get started there and build a great church there. So we gave up all those things. And one day, right after we started the church, of course, we had to start collecting money. And we were only at the church for maybe a year or so. And we knew we needed to start raising large amounts of money so we could buy land. Land in Scottsdale is very expensive. And then we wanted to build a building. And so my wife and I prayed, what can we give? Now, to give you some idea, at the time, we were making about $30,000 a year working for the church. The church couldn't afford to pay us very much. And I know that's not a lot of money, but on the other hand, some pastors work for nothing all the time and just get a small little donation from time to time. But I'm not complaining about what we made. I'm just saying that we didn't have a whole lot of income coming in. Well, we prayed about what should we give to the church, to this new church. And my wife and I said, well, we're going to pray individually and jointly, but then we're going to take a little piece of paper. We're going to write down what we think we should give and just see how the Lord directs us. So I took a little piece of paper and she did too. And we wrote down the the amount of money that we thought we should give to our church in Scottsdale for the building program. 
Well, I said, now let's, let's at the same time turn it over so we can see if we're on the same page and if we're led of the Spirit the same way. When I turned it over, it was $100,000 on my piece of paper. And I looked at my wife's piece of paper and it was $100,000 on hers. Now, think about that. We didn't have money stashed away in the bank. We didn't know where it was coming from. We didn't have a check that we could just write. But both of us knew that God was going to bless us and bless the church. And we knew we had to make some kind of a radical giving example to bless the church and to wait and see how God was going to bless us and the church. And so we gave it. And of course, I was only making 30000 a year. So it's a little hard to come up with $100,000 when you don't have that kind of money. And maybe some might think well, it was silly to make that commitment. But in reality, we just trusted God. Now, we weren't upset. We were not like worried. We didn't think, well, oh God, how's this going to happen? We're going to look really stupid. We're going to tell the board of directors we're going to commit $100,000 and then we won't be able to do it. We're going to renege on our commitment and we're going to look terrible. And that we didn't think that. We just thought, no, we're not going to go that route. We're just going to trust God with all of our heart. We're going to lean not on our own understanding and all our ways acknowledge him and that he promised he'd direct our path. That's scripture. So anyways, a couple of weeks went by and a couple of months went by and we didn't really have a whole lot of money to be able to contribute towards our commitment. But out of nowhere, the phone started to ring. And people that I had been in business with years before when I was a home builder and a banker would call me and they would say, there's an opportunity if you'd like to partner with us to purchase a property and we will then fix it up and you can help fix it up and we can figure out a way to borrow the money and all that. And whatever profits we make, we can share them. So they would do a project like that. I would help them with some advice that I gave them. Didn't have a lot of money to put into it. But all of a sudden, the home would sell and we'd make twenty-five dollars or $30,000. And I told Sharon, I said, look at this. God's providing the money out of nowhere. So we'd give the whole thing to the church. And that happened time after time after time. So within less than a year, we were able to raise $108,000 that we were able to give to the church while we were only making about $30,000 a year. So if you think that God is limited, well, we need to open up our eyes and realize that we serve a God without limits, whose thoughts are greater than ours, whose ideas are greater than ours, his, his ways are bigger and greater than ours, and he's got a way when we kind of wonder how we're going to proceed in the things that we want to accomplish. So I give that example. Now, please forgive it, and please don't think I'm trying to boast, but in reality, that was a big step of faith for us and one that I believe God saw and blessed. And I'm not saying that we got a ton of money right after that happened. We really didn't. But our church started to grow and it prospered. And before long, we had raised a few million dollars in a brand new church. And in just a few years, we were able to move forward and start construction and build a wonderful church for the Lord to impact our community. You see, God will bless you if you think in a radical way about how you can bless Him, the work of the Lord, and others. Now, when we made that commitment, I'm sure there were those who thought we were crazy and nuts and we'd never be able to accomplish it. But with God, all things are possible. And I know that some people said, well, that's really pretty aggressive number. Do you think it's going to happen? And I just said, well, God put it in our heart to give it. So I believe he's going to provide. You see, he became our partner in a way where we could do something special for the church. Let me kind of explain this another way. Radical, extreme, or extravagant giving requires our thinking to be in alignment with how God thinks. Now, I'm going to give you a list of some of the radical giving scriptures found in God's Word. 1 John 3.16, and this goes along with what I had told you earlier about God's commitment to us. For this is how God loved the world. He gave His one and only Son that everyone who believes in Him 
will not perish but have everlasting life. That is called radical giving. Then there's Matthew 19, 29 in the New Living Translation. And everyone who has given up houses or brothers or sisters or fathers or mothers or children or property for my sake will receive 100 times as much in return and will inherit eternal life. Now, please don't misunderstand this passage. It's crucial. Jesus is saying that he must always be first in our life above anything or anyone else. We need to place him first and put all put all these other things, families and relatives and, and our possessions, our bank accounts, our house, our car, or anything that we have, anything materialistic that we have must never be more important than our love for God and our willingness to give and to bless the work of the Lord and others who are in need of help. I could quote scripture showing radical giving for hours. Honestly, I could bring out dozens and dozens of them, talk about them, give examples of people that I've known who have been blessed, who've been generous people. I've always seen generous people be blessed and receive a generous blessing back from the Lord in one way or another. One of my favorite examples is the radical gift of the poor widow. Now, Jesus was receiving an offering from the temple, and he actually was watching the amount of money being given by the people. We find this in Mark chapter 12, verses 42 through 44. I'm reading it from the New International Version. But a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins, only worth a few cents. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more in the treasury than all the others. They are all giving out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, she put in everything, all she had to live on. You see, what happened here is this widow gave everything that she had. Now, that does not mean that the Lord wants everything that we have, every single financial penny that we have, just give it to him now and be broke and go have to live out in the street somewhere. But he does want us to be willing to give of what we have to him. I don't believe God requires that we give it all away. He knows we have to pay our rent, that we need water to drink and you have to buy it. He knows we need food to eat. So the Lord obviously wants us to be blessed in that way. But it's important we understand that we have to be willing to say, Father, everything that I have, it's yours. Whatever you want me to do with it, I surrender to you. If we want to prosper financially, then we're going to have to be willing to say to God, everything that I have to this point, I give to you. It's yours. Use it in any way that you want to. If you want me to give from what I have, fine. If you want me to help and use my talents, then that's wonderful too. But it's crucial we understand that it requires a full surrender to God of our finances in order to be able to receive abundant financial blessing from Him. That's why I'm a big believer in tithing or giving 10% of our income to the work of the Lord. You see, if we're willing to give the first 10% of what we make to the Lord, number one, we become a better steward of what we have. We're a better manager of what we have because we have to figure out a way to take the 10% off the top. And then secondly, and more importantly, God then looks at us and says, well, now you have moved over into my realm of financial blessing. And now we deserve, I believe, more of a blessing from God in the area of our financial decisions. And we can then come closer to attaining financial prosperity. I need to give you another personal reference to my wife and I and the ministry that we were in. And the reason I need to do this is because it's my story. It's one that I believe I can share with others. And 
out of it, remember, this is not boasting at all. This is just simply telling you what the God put on our heart, how he wanted us to deal with our finances. You see, when Sharon and I felt led to go into ministry full-time, we had really a wonderful business going, and we knew that God was blessing us there, and I felt that I'd spend the rest of my life just giving money to the Lord and making more money and giving more to the Lord, and that would be my ministry. But that's not what God had planned for us. The Lord wanted me to make a full commitment and make a total, complete change in my work environment and the area that He had planned for us and ordained for us to accomplish and to go into. It's important to point out that that shortly after we became Christians, Sharon and I, we gave our tithes and offerings to the church before we purchased any of our home decorations. We made sure that God was first. So see, the Lord had put in our heart a desire to give to Him from the very beginning when we first became Christians. And so therefore, when we went into full-time ministry, it was not hard to just think of, well, whatever we have, Father, we want to give to you. And I know that some would call that radical giving, but I don't believe it is. I, even though I'm talking about radical giving, I really don't think that giving tithe or 10 or 20% of your income is radical at all. It's interesting that the more we gave of our finances, it seemed like the more money we had to purchase the other things that we needed. That was when we first became Christians. Now, as we sat and talked one day about going into ministry, we felt we needed to pray and tell the Lord that we were ready and that we were willing to, to move forward and that we were going to give up our income that we had coming in from our business and whatever possessions that we had, if he wanted us to sell them and move on, then that's fine. So we started off with prayer. Lord, if you want our cash, our retirement funds, our home, we surrender everything to you. Then then my wife added, she said, Lord, we'll give you the furniture and the artwork and decorations and anything you desire as we enter into this new phase of our lives together. You see, that meant a lot to her. When she talked about the possessions we had, the some artwork and things of that nature that we had, I kind of thought, well, that really doesn't really matter much. But it mattered a lot because it mattered to her. It was important to her. And if it's important to us, it's important to God. If we have a possession that we like, like a nice home that we have, and it's very important to us, I believe God feels it's important also. So we've got to remember that. He's not just trying to take away from what we have. When my wife and I made that commitment to go out of our business and, and change our total lifestyle and make a whole new direction in our life, and we were at the age of 50 at the time, that's when my wife said one of the most, to me, one of the most radical statements that I had ever heard her say. We were, had been married at that time 28 years, and she said, Lord, I'm, I'm quoting this, but it may be not exactly right, but the general statement she said was, God, I give you my husband to be your hands extended to others and please use him as much as you need him. I release him and I give him to you, Father, that he can then move in and do the ministry that you've called him to do. That was very touching for me. And matter of fact, it was very heavy for both of us because what we were saying is we're going into this thing full time, 100%, not holding back. And we're waiting to see what God's going to do. And I'll talk in future podcasts how the blessings of the Lord came forth on our church and our family and others. After my wife's amazing prayer about giving and releasing me to the Lord and to the work of the Lord, we, we prayed together a lot, and as we still do, and I said, Lord, I want you to bless my dear wife, Sharon, and use our marriage to reach out to those in our community. You know, it seemed like at that time, the more radical that we gave of ourselves and of our time and of our finances, the more radical the church received. The blessings of the Lord just came down upon that church. With only a few friends and family, we started this little church. And only a, month, a few months later, 
We were in a brand new building in the Scottsdale Air Park. The first service in our new facility, the Lord brought in 250 new potential members. And then the following week, how God blessed it. You see, we just decided, Lord, let's just leave it in your hands and see what you want to do. There was no advertisement, no big promotion, no big speakers that we wanted to bring in. But the second week, the church jumped from 250 to 405 people in attendance. Then the congregation reached over a thousand in the end of the, about the third year, middle of the third year, we were in doing the work there. But more importantly, we saw many of those who came to our church pray to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. That happened every single week. And in my humble opinion, this is proof that radical giving equals radical receiving. So now it's time for us to make a list of radical giving we have seen or read or heard about. We need to take a moment and write down the names of those that we know who are radical givers. I think of in his later days of his life, the industrialist Andrew Carnegie became a radical giver and he blessed cities and states all over the country. He built hospitals and and wonderful schools and things that would bless others. And he decided he was wealthy, one of the wealthiest men in the entire world, but he spent the last number of years of his life giving it all away where he could see literally the hand of God blessing others through the finances that he had gained through his industrial career. As you make your list of those people that you believe are radical givers, that they're giving greatly to their church, not of just their finances, but also of their time and their talents, we need to pray for them and pray that they'll receive radically from the Lord and be blessed. You see, radical giving is not a requirement to be blessed by the Lord because God's going to bless us. But radical giving will bring forth a radical return, I believe, of prosperity in our lives in every area, including financial prosperity. I also believe that radical giving with the correct motives. Now, what I mean by motives is that you're giving to bless others, not giving so that you will automatically get a blessing. Now, that blessing is going to come back, but we don't give in order to get. That's very important. So we have the right motives to produce radical receiving. There's an old saying that's been said many, many, many times for many, many years and decades. Try it. You will like it. So if you've not been a giver, you've not tithed, you've not put your finances first with the Lord, this would be a great time to make that commitment to put God first and give first 10% that you make to the work of the Lord and just wait and see how God's going to bless you. Now, let me encourage you to try a little radical generosity in your giving. Don't think about what's in it for you. There's one thing I know, and I can promise you that giving always produces receiving. Who knows? what God will do for those who go beyond the norm in giving. What will he do for those who trust him with all their heart and soul and possessions? Try it. You will like it. I hope that you were blessed today in this teaching because it was a blessing for me to be able to bring it to you. So let me just pray a rich blessing over you that God will prosper you. Father, thank you for this opportunity to teach this lesson at this time to those who have tuned in Father, I pray blessings upon them. And as they give to you, Father, I pray that you would give back to them, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, Father. That, Lord, I know, Lord, people think that giving is just a way for the church to get more money. But in reality, the church will move on just fine if we don't give of our finances. We need to give, quite frankly, I believe that, more than what the church needs to receive. Because when we give, the church will be blessed. I know that. And its needs will be met. But then there's a blessing that comes back upon us where our needs will be met. Matter of fact, far greater things than our needs will be met. I thank you for that now. And I just give you praise once again for this teaching. So if you guys 
guys are interested in hearing more about my teachings on finances, you can go to my webpage that's entitled David C. Friend author.com. If you go to my webpage, you'll see a link there where you could sign up to receive my monthly newsletter dealing with financial issues at this time. In addition to that, you can go to my webpage and find the books that I've written, one entitled Experience the Joy of Debt-Free Living. I know that it has blessed many people and many people have told me that they're completely out of debt now. They're financially free and they believe that that book helped them. So I pray that you might get a hold of that. In addition, to that, a book that I've written entitled Generosity, What's in it for me, will help you understand maybe a different perspective of how God wants to bless us and how he wants to pour out a blessing for us. So with that, I pray now that if you would like to get involved in my podcast each and every week, then you can go to cpnshows.com and subscribe to my podcast, or you can go wherever you receive your podcast. I want to say that my next podcast is entitled The Legacy of Prosperity. Now that's an interesting title. I believe in, a, in having a legacy and I certainly believe in prosperity. So if we can try and understand and I'm going to see how the Lord takes me through that. I haven't prepared it yet, but I'm excited about the title and the area that we're going to go. So let me just give you a little teaser about our next podcast. Our legacy is what we hand down to others. It can be a distribution of personal property, by the terms of a last will and testament, or it can be the way we live our life. So legacy has so much more to do with than just money. Our legacy is the sum total of whatever we've done in our life. But when we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, that's the greatest legacy that we can leave. If you've never turned your life over to Jesus, I'd like you to take a second now and say, Father, I'm sorry for the sins I've committed. I repent of my sins. I ask you to forgive me and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. So on this day, I receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, and I promise to serve you all the days of my life. No greater legacy can a person leave than to be a servant of God and to have given their life to Jesus Christ. Everything changes your whole perspective of life. Those of you who are followers of Christ and believers know exactly what I'm talking about. But those of you who are not, I can tell you there's a wonderful new world of love and joy and peace and happiness when you become a follower of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So I hope that you've been blessed today. I pray that this teaching is something that will help you in planning your financial needs for your future. And I'm going to just ask a blessing would pour out upon you right now. So may the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. May you prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. So until next time, may God richly bless you.